On this episode of the Palmetto Guardian, we have a special guest coming in to talk with us about suicide prevention. Welcome to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Specialist David Erskine. And I'm Captain Cody Denson. And today, um, you know, we usually have kind of a, a little bit of off-topic lead-in, but we have we have a very serious subject today uh, with our guests coming in, and it's uh, suicide prevention, which is something the military's dealt with. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Um, but we were lucky enough that the, from service member family care, our, our service prevention person was able to come in and, and talk with us. Um, and hopefully, you know... For people interested in it and people watching this, you know, talking with him and stuff beforehand, it's going to be a lot of information to, to kind of keep up with, but it's going to be good information. Definitely. They have a really pretty robust program over there. It seems so. Yeah. And, 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 not this, and they, they obviously take it very serious, as does anybody that, you know, anybody that does that type of job and stuff. So um, just make sure you're, you're listening to this. Uh, there, there should be information for for contact things and, and how-tos and how to identify and, and things like that that are important. And I know we get these briefings at the annual briefings, but th- th- it's packed in between 15 other briefings and, and two days. Yeah, things get overlooked. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a lot to take in all at once. So this is a little bit longer format for everybody um, and a little bit more information. So I think this is a good opportunity. And I, uh, um, you know, if you listen to it just for your informational purposes, I think it can also double as something, you know, uh, at the unit level, if you need additional training, I feel like he'll, he'll get in depth to that point that, yeah, you could probably use it for some additional training at the unit level also. Definitely a good episode to pause and rewind a bit just to make sure you're getting everything. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's, like I said, this one's a little bit, um, a little bit more more serious, a little bit more educational. Uh, and this is something that's you know happening today, and that we, you know we're struggling with and working on, and, and and that's why we have this type of information being put out. So, um, I guess uh, no more jabbering from us, and we'll, we'll just we'll get over to our guest and, and let him tell you about the program. Today we have Sergeant First Class Christopher Allen, the R two Suicide Prevention Program Manager, here with us today to talk about. Obviously, a very serious subject, suicide prevention, and the program that y'all have. So thank you for taking time out of your day to be with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the suicide prevention program. Why is it here, and, and what does it do? So to answer the first question, why is it here, unfortunately, we've had several deaths by suicide in South Carolina and nationwide. We are losing more service members and veterans to suicide than we are in combat. So it's a much needed topic and program to have in every state and territory. Um, We're the only state uh, out of all of those that has two program managers. You have myself, you also have Lisa Charnock. She is with uh, Dice Tech. They are the contract side of suicide prevention, but we do the exact same thing. Our mission is to get out there, educate service members on the resources that are out there, family members on how their service members can be taken care of, and to bring the awareness in the commands. Sometimes if you're a unit that has been fortunate to not have a lot of behavioral health issues or anybody dying by suicide, you don't know what's out there. And unfortunately, sometimes we are not able to tell them that until something happens inside their unit. 
So our program is to bring awareness to the issue of suicide prevention and then to train the force and to train the families and our community partners out there in the community on how we can combat uh, suicide among our troops. Now, the other program manager you mentioned, she's a uh, civilian? In the so she is civilian as she sits in the office, but she is a member of the South Carolina Army National Guard. Okay. So uh, I imagine that... that uh, that still helps, obviously, having somebody tied back to the oh, guard. Absolutely, because she can see in her unit what her unit is struggling with. And then she can bring that right to the, the job. Like, if you have drill on the weekend, on Monday morning, she can bring what she's learned from there right into the program. So it, it's a great asset to have. Gotcha. Now, you mentioned uh, the unit levels and stuff like that. Um, is there any training out there, say, you know, at my unit, and say, you know, I want to be aware of, of these type of situations. Does, does y'all's office offer any type of training that I, as a soldier, could go through so that I could help my unit with this type of things? Oh, absolutely. So every month we provide uh, suicide intervention officer training, SIOs. Every unit has to have an SIO, and we train them. So we train them in ACE, which is Ask Care Escort, and we train them in ASSIST, Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. Those two programs together will train your SIO to be that subject matter expert in your unit, to make sure that the ACE is taught correctly in your unit, and to make sure that the skills, the frontline leaders, the gatekeepers, have those tools necessary to help the soldiers as they're struggling. And so we offer that once a month. At any time, if the unit makes a request to us, we will go out there and train, whether it's the ACE training, whether it's just a, a brief that you want, like if it's an annual brief, or in connection with something else during, so we do offer coming to the unit to do assist. However, it's a two day class. So typically the only time that a unit has for that is during annual training. And so it just takes a little bit of prior coordination because we don't know where they're gonna, we don't know if they're gonna go to McCready, Fort Stewart, Fort Gordon, but we have the ability to travel anywhere. We have trainers around the state because you have to have two trainers to teach assist. So we can send them almost anywhere uh, to go train, assist in their unit. But it's just a, a time management uh, piece at that point. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned ACE, and you kind of went over, I guess, what the, the three words of that acronym. Is. But really, what is, what is ACE, I guess? A, a little bit more explanation. So a little bit more explanation of what the ACE program is. You know, ACE, Ask, Care, Escort. So the first part is probably the most difficult part is the ask because it is uncomfortable to say the word suicide in our culture we just don't talk about it we don't talk about it enough i should say we talk about more than what we used to but we still don't talk about it enough so just saying the word but ask so you're not going to come to drill and as soon as you get there go around to every single person and ask them are they thinking about suicide in the ace program it teaches you how to ramp up your questioning to get to the point where you feel that there's an issue with a person that they might be thinking about suicide and it gets you to ask the question. So the first question may be, you know, after a drill weekend or after a weekend of any sort, first day back to work, you go around to your friends like, how was your weekend? That would be like a level one question. And then the response back to that question, if they said, you know, it was terrible, then that would lead you into a level two question. You know, what was so terrible about your weekend? Well, my, if they came back with, like, my car broke down, um, my, 
you know, house is having problems, I can't pay my bills, it's just, you know, a lot more than I can take right now, I don't know if I can go on any longer, uh, that would lead you into a, a level four, you know, question. Is this so bad that you have thought about suicide or thought about taking your own life? And you really do have to ask the question directly. Uh, so that's the ask portion. Kind of picking up on the cues that the person's giving you. You know, hopefully, what their baseline is, what type of temperament they are. So if there's a change in behavior and what they're coming back with you is causing you to be concerned, then now you've asked the question, they say yes. Now you're going to care enough about them that you're not going to leave them. You're going to stay with them and you're going to help them get the care that they need. And we can talk about that more in a little bit. Then once they say okay to you helping them, then that's where you escort them. Again, you don't leave them, you escort them to the next level of care, whether that's to the chaplain or to uh, behavioral health or, or what have you. Whatever they need, whatever they say they need, is what you're gonna help them get to the next level of care. So that's the ask care and then escort them to care. So it's kind of like the core of it all is just the escalation of how to properly do something proactively right. versus just someone coming out and like you said, saying it right away and then throwing somebody off. Right. So, okay. So this, this really is a um, kind of a soldier level tool then. It really is. I mean, that's why we train all of our soldiers. We train them every single year. But unfortunately, we typically do it in the chain of a lots of other trainings. And so sometimes it does get lost in the shuffle. And so that's why we do it every year to hope, the hope is that folks will understand what ACE is. They, sometimes they don't even know what the a, uh, ACE stands for. Right. So going through that and just helping the unit be prepared for, unfortunately, just it's the nature of what we do. It causes stressors and then life stressors on top of that. And we are trained to bend, but sometimes we do break. And so we have to have steps in place to help somebody when they break. Especially in an organization where you're wearing two hats most of the time. You're this guy on the weekend, and then you're this guy every other day. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. And then um, you mentioned that yeah, we, we do do these. And unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, it depends on how you look at it, in, in mass training sessions. It's the nature of our job. Uh, you know, re required training. And sometimes it does, I guess, get lost in the shuffle. Um, but for soldiers out there and say they are presented with this situation where their battle buddy or, or their or wingman or whatever is, uh, uh, they feel like this is something that could, could be going on, but they can't really remember this procedure. They can't always reach back to your office, correct? Oh, absolutely. And we're there and through email and through texting and through phone calls. I mean, that's what we're there for. Um, and then on the other side of that, you mentioned them, but the behavioral health folks, they integrate obviously into y'all's process a little bit. And then there's the suicide prevention line. Tell me how kind of how y'all's two offices work together on this. Right. Uh, so the behavioral health specialists, we have them throughout the state. There's one service member and family care center in every congressional district. So that's where they're pre-positioned. Uh, whenever you have a soldier that you feel concerned with or you're concerned yourself and you want to talk to somebody, if you call 1-800-681-2558, that is a just for the South Carolina Army National Guard, National Guard, all of us, South Carolina National Guard. Let me redo that. Huh. We're all one fight. And I don't, 
it is a purple program. So right. So. Yeah, and that yeah, that's so. that's fine. We we've had that discussion before on the show yeah. where we wear this uniform and we get kind of caught up. But it is everything that we do is airmen and soldiers. Oh, yes, One whole question. guard. Yeah. 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 Ask the question again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if, if a uh, you mentioned the behavioral health folks, and um, obviously, you know, y'all's office works together, and, and behavioral health has like the, there's the suicide prevention line and stuff. But how does how do your two offices integrate and work together on this in this program? Okay, so the behavioral specialists they're prepositioned in all of our service member family care centers. Uh, there's they're all over. They're one in each congressional district, and then we also have a behavioral health officer on the air guard side at McIntyre. So when you call 1-800-681-2558, you leave a message, you tell them what's going on, you give them a callback number, and within 10 minutes someone calls you back. So they all take turns being on call and they have a backup on call. And so they'll call you, they'll find out you know where you are, what's going on, and then they find a behavioral specialist near you to make sure that you get the help that you need. It's all confidential, they don't report back, to anyone, they don't report to the VA, they don't report to the, the military. So wherever you are in the state, Air Guard, Army Guard, whoever you are, your family members, you call that number, they will help you get the care that you need. Um, and you, you mentioned family members, and our families are a huge part of, obviously, that's why we do what we can do, uh, because of our families. Right. Um, but obviously family members can obviously reach out to y'all's office too, correct? Absolutely. It's service member family care. So whoever needs help can come to either the office down here on Bluff Road or to one of these service member family care centers to get the help that they need. So it's for the service member and anyone in that family's, uh, in that network around that service member. And it's still anonymous for the family members as well, Absolutely. correct? Absolutely. Like nobody reports Nobody's you. like saying, oh, you're spouse or your child called us, you know, reporting you up. No, and then no, a lot of people the only thing that gets that. reported is what is done. Yeah. Like how many services are provided, how many people call the 800 number, you know, demographic, not even demographics, just numbers like that get reported up to the whole chain of command. Um, now, I was, uh, I was reading through actually some of the notes you sent over uh, before, um, before we had this, this in particular podcast. And it was going through the the fact that we've had you know record high year last year that even broke twenty uh, twelve's uh, numbers and stuff, but I think the one that kind of I guess kind of caught me off guard was the per capita for the guard itself, right? And the fact that if you look at the actual number to number, we are the highest sector, um, and. That's a little rough to 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 bite on, um, but this is why we're doing this. Right. This is this is to get the information out there to know, let people know uh, the organization cares. We have tools in in place. Um, switch gears a little bit. This is a this is a tough job that you have. Right. Um, you, you have to be passionate about this to do this. So you talk about numbers, and so where this passion comes from, every one of those numbers that we talk about, when we talk about 22 veterans dying a day, when we talk about you know, active duty members die, those are human beings. 
and there's families and loved ones, unit uh, families that are connected to those numbers. And so we are, you know, a medium-sized state. You know, we have 11,000 between the Air and Army National Guard. And, you know, we've, over the years, we've had, you know, about almost 40 members die by suicide. And that's horrible. But then if you multiply that, whenever you look at rates, you know, around the country, they always base it off 100,000. Well, we're not 100,000. So you have to ramp that up. So to do simple math, if you take those numbers, times it by 10, then you're looking at not 40, but 400. And multiplied by the families and so on and so forth. And we can preach all day long that the military dies, you know, at a higher rate, but it's, it's hard to see it because day to day, it, I, I hate to say it just blends in with everything else, but it, it doesn't grab the news attention. And if somebody dies in combat, that takes the news attention and mm -hmm. it should, but the, the deaths that we're losing by suicide is not getting the attention that it deserves. And so it's just, it's tough. It's tough on the families, not getting the recognition. There's already shame and guilt involved with suicide. And so this bringing awareness and talking about it, giving validity to the service member's life, no matter how they pass away, is so vitally important. So these numbers that we talk about connected to families, doing everything we can to reduce those deaths by suicide um, is what brings the passion to this program. Um, you, you mentioned the families and stuff, and I've mentioned a couple times on the show before I did this, I was medical. And I saw the, I don't want to call it back-end impact of it, but I saw the back-end impact of it when, when people came into the hospitals and they showed up. And any death is terrible. Any, any death of any nature is terrible. Right. But when you start talking suicide, you know, you start hearing words like senseless death, and not needed, whatever. But the impact it has on the family and the people that are left behind, the right. kids, the moms, the dads, the uncles, the brothers, friends, work people, is, is, is devastating. Um, and so that's always a consideration when you're talking about this. Right. Um, do y'all work with any of, any of those folks or are there services I guess in-service member family care for, for some of those people who are left behind after, obviously the goal is to prevent it, but when it does happen, is are y'all an office where they can call to connect with, with other services or, or so one? When a service member dies by suicide, it's usually the casual assistance officer that handles the connection with the family at that point. So through the casualty assistance officer, through SOS, so survivor outreach services, through programs like that, through our state chaplaincy, those are the ones that will make contact with the family after a service member dies, however they die. And so once that happens, that team is put together, the casualty assistance officer, chaplain, unit representative, probably the behavioral health specialist that covers that area, and they'll go to the family and they'll go to the unit and they'll make sure that the family and the unit are receiving the resources they need to cope with this death as much as they can. When you know, we send our service members overseas to fight the good fight to protect our way of life, and when they die in that manner, it's horrible. You also have the side where it's patriotic. 
but when somebody, whether they're in the service or not, but we're talking about service members. So when they're when they go into service, and they give of themselves for that fight, they come back. They're left with the hidden wounds of war. Then they succumb to those wounds to the point where they do break, and sometimes where they do break to the point where they take their own life. Unfortunately, the, the same level of patriotism and honor is not there with a suicide. But from my perspective, dying by suicide because you gave yourself up for your country is the same level of patriotism that you have whether you died in combat overseas. And, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, you know, I kind of asked that question. Um, I said a little intentionally uh, because I wanted to show or I wanted you to kind of explain that it's not just your office that that's involved in the situation there is a whole network that the state has put in place for this Absolutely. you're you're the starting piece of the puzzle but there is a whole other you know entity built around this and and leadership the military uh, even excluding leadership in the military soldier to soldier we take this yeah, seriously right you know you can say that it's you know leadership program and it is they, they back it and and that's and fine but it, it really this is a soldier to soldier thing you know if, if i got a buddy um me and captain denson for example if there was something i knew that i could do if he was in a situation like that to stop that right yeah i'm i'm gonna do everything you know, I can for that situation. And it starts with y'all's office. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, we take for granted that we have service member family care. Um, not every state and territory has that. In fact, very few, if any, do it the way we do, where we've uh, put everybody basically on the same hallway, definitely inside the same building, service member family care, with our outreach centers around the state. We're the only state that does it like that. Because if someone's struggling, whether they're struggling trying to find a job, whether they're struggling trying to work through the VA system, whether they're struggling with education. I mean, all of these are life stressors that could potentially cause somebody to die by suicide. But even before that, it causes behavioral health situation where they're not mentally well. You know, going through the VA system can be taxing. Trying to get your education paid for could be taxing. Not being able to put food on your table because you can't find a job can be taxing. And so to have us all in one spot, you know, we meet, we meet together regularly, and if my office can help their office, if their office can help my office, it is one team, one fight. And so we do take that for granted, but it is a team approach. And it's been around, you know, for almost a decade now, and we've, it's, it's a proven concept now to not only keep everybody in, in one building, but to have these satellite offices around the state. It saves a, a ID card services, you know, Almost all of our offices have ID card services because who wants to travel, you know, two or three or four hours or more to come get an ID card? Right. Multiply that round trip. Now you're doing four to eight hours to get an ID card. That may not seem like a lot, but it's another one of those life stressors. And so we alleviate those as much as possible because we don't want, you know, an ID card or education benefits or the loss of a job to proverbially be the straw that broke the camel's back and cause somebody to break. Um, it's much easier to maintain someone's mental health than to pick up the pieces after they break. And so that's, I don't want to speak for Lieutenant Colonel Bullwinkle, but that's, you know, the purpose of our program is to truly serve 
those service members and those family members. And it's like one big unified force for stress like Absolutely. that happens in your life. Absolutely. You can hit every different angle. And that, and that same behavioral health number, because we don't have one for service member family care, but if you call that same number, that could you know, be your link to any one of our offices because they know where we are. They know how to get a hold of us. Yeah. Uh, you can call the switchboard. I mean, the full-time staff know how to get a hold of us, but the M-Day soldier does not even know we exist. And so it's, it's a constant battle to get that awareness out there and let them know what we do. I think it's smart too, the way that we're doing, like you're saying, because like I said, if, if you call one person, that one person works with all the other offices in that same group all the time. They can, might even pick up on stuff and be like, hey, I think you need to talk to so-and-so. Right. Or this is going on with you, I've got a guy right down the hall. You know, or this lady over in this office, she can square you up right away. That's it. And I feel like, yeah, I, I coming from another state, because I, I IST'd here, I, I don't know if we had that same force, because I was just an M-Day soldier. Right. But I can see here how much more beneficial that is. Right. Because um, if you Google, you may or may not find the office that you need. Yeah. But, you know, if you call one person, if you call any of us, like you said, we're networked enough inside our facility yeah. that in seconds we can get you to the department you need. Yeah, um, it's uh, you mentioned the M Day soldiers and, and the struggle, and really that's that's, that's kind of where the tire hits the road, for a lack of better terms. Um, you use some of my southernisms, as it were, um, but the, the it it has to be it, it's hard. I guess that's the only way I can put it for to have that type of situation. And like I said, it really does go back to the education of the soldiers at the soldier level. Um, but it is super awesome. And I think that's something people forget about a lot of time because they, they look at us and we're here on the podcast and like, Oh, they're at work every day and this and that, and they're in uniform and you think, Oh, well they're in the military and immediately you default to, you know, active duty army. They're at the base and they're, that's not how it works with us. Right. These people come see us once a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, or two weeks a year or whatever it may be, and then they go back out and into their lives. That's why education is key to all this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you, if, if you, you know, want to learn more, obviously, about the ACE program, assist and stuff like that, you are, you are the man and, uh, and, the, woman. and the woman uh, to talk to uh, over this stuff. Right. So, um, so Lisa and I, like I said, we go out in the state, she has uh, her unit, I have my unit, so we're going out you know, through that aspect also. And so we get the word out as much as we can. Um, but if you ask people in the state, you know, and we have the posters, you know, I don't know if you've seen them in your armories, you know, it has yep. Lisa's picture and my picture on there. And then there's so many resources on that sheet. We don't have time on this show unless you want to make it an all day show <laughs> uh, to list how many resources are out there. And what works for one person might not work for the other. Um, I love our chaplaincy, Chaplain Denny, love you. Um, but not everybody wants to go to the chaplain. Not everybody wants to go to a doctor. But there are service members, peer-to-peer -peer specialists that they can talk to. Um, they need to know that they can talk to folks inside their own unit. That I, w I would love to say that there's no stigma related around suicide, but there is. And behavioral health in general, there's a stigma around. Um, and we can tell people to we're blue in the face that there's no stigma. But it's a lot less than what it used to be whenever I came in in 1988. Oh, yeah. And so they need to know that they can look to their left and right and talk to those 
who have been through the exact same series, uh, events that they've been through, but everybody's affected differently in that same event. If you go into combat, some people may come back, and I say it didn't affect them, but you never know how something affects someone. Yeah. And so you look at somebody, well, they weren't affected the way I was affected. I'm struggling. Well, you don't know that you're the only one until you start talking to somebody else. And then you have those shared experiences to go by. But some people don't want to talk that way. So they like confidence. So that's why we have the chaplaincy, completely confidential. We have behavioral health specialists, completely confidential. So however you want to get help, we're just begging that you go get help. Yeah. Um, I usually say this, you know, or, or I'll say it, you know, uh, and kind of our, our outlaw type stuff as we finish up podcasts. But um, if you're somebody who listens or watches this podcast, if you don't share or subscribe to any other podcast that we've done up to this point or we may do in the future, this is the one that you share with your friends, your family, whoever. You put it on your Facebook, their Facebook, whatever. This, If you choose no other one that we do, the rest of the time that we do podcasts, this is the one you push out because this is one at the ground level that could save a life. Yep. Uh, bottom line, this is the one at ground level that could save a life. And so this is the one that you, you share, you send out, you put it wherever you can, you tell your friends, your family about it. Um, and, and you share, like I said, I, I worked in the hospital system. I, I've seen what the back end of this is. Um, and having this out there lets people know that somebody cares, and sometimes that's just enough. And like you said, it can be uncomfortable to talk about, but having something just out there, no one knows who's listening or watching to it. Sometimes you might just put that piece out there that gives them that little bit. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is reassurance. This is reassurance that all this is here, that's confidential. These are, that we have the subject matter expert in here telling you what the process is and what's available. So, like I said, this is the one you share. This is the one you put out everywhere. And, and what brings me hope, because another reason we're passionate about what we do, but the hope, we couldn't do this job without hope. So the hope is that we are doing everything that we can in our state. And no disrespect to any other state, but we are doing more than any other state. Like I said, we have two uh, suicide prevention program managers. No other state has that. We have service member family care. Nobody does it like we do it. Behavioral specialist pre-positioned throughout the state to serve the, the service member and the family. Nobody else does it that way. To have a tag that is so passionate about our program, you know, he's done a PSA for our program. To be honest, not many tags do that. Uh, so to have a podcast, to have you know, Facebook pages, all of these resources within our state to get the word out brings me hope because nobody else does it like South Carolina. And that's the way we're going to keep it. We're going to keep pushing it. And, you know, the podcast is always here, um, for obviously for this event and for future events and, and whatever else, you know, that we can help with with the, getting this information out. Um, yeah, any time on this. Um, as far as contact information or we kind of talked around it but if you, you want to if you have the opportunity you can put out the best number to get in touch with y'all so you know we have two desk numbers um so and we have a, a government cell phone so the government cell phone number whoever sits in the seat is uh 
727-2092. And that is you know, for either one of us. So whoever ever sits in this job will have that phone, will have that number. But really the best number that I can leave you with is that our own state's number is 800-681-2558. Okay. All right. Well, once again, we appreciate you stopping by. Um, look forward if you ever need us again by all means let us know we'll be glad we'll do this every month you know (laughs) you say that but we do have we have uh we have a lot of people interested in in doing kind of a regular uh stint cybers come in they would like to to come on and and do some cyber awareness stuff which can also be a a stressor in your life um uh, lisa mustard with behavioral health services she she wants to come in and and talk you know mental health with the chaplain and stuff like that so yeah i mean so so every month um i hope y'all have seen it the buddy check 22 that we do every month um 22nd and every month if you feel you know that somebody is struggling check on them it's, yeah. it's really as simple as that. When the 22nd comes around, you see the reminder, the first name that comes to mind, contact that person. There you go. Yeah. Just more ways to help. So uh, once again, we appreciate you stopping by. Hope to, to see and hear from you in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. We really appreciate Sergeant First Class Allen stopping by and uh, sharing all the information on the, the suicide prevention program. A lot of information, a lot of stuff to keep up with. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, good information, information to keep handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for sure, I, I feel like this podcast, uh, this in particular one especially, I think all of our stuff is good information, but I think this one definitely has the opportunity to be a tool. Definitely. Uh, to be reused multiple times. Um, take back to the units. You take it home even. Yep. Because like, half these programs, it, they were for the families too. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, this is one – that you know for the folks who kind of follow us on a regular basis um first of all thank you uh but second if if there is a podcast that you're going to share with people you know that this is the one to do uh to get this information out there um make sure that soldiers in the situation know that this stuff's available uh let soldiers and airmen that um might know somebody that's in this situation is out there the further we spread this the better it is better it is just all the way around definitely um well uh we 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 appreciate it um and like i said please please use this podcast as as often as you can this in particular one especially um but for now i'm specialist david erskine i'm captain cody denson and we'll catch you in the next episode